Generations Church Podcast. Hey, today we're in a series, Blind Spots. This is our third week. If you have missed any of the weeks, I would strongly, strongly suggest for you to go back and watch them, listen to them, um, whether you're a by yourself, a party of one, or you're married, and you've got kids, it is a great series for you um, to start your New Year's off the right way. And this whole series is about blind spots, um, things that sneak up in our lives that we're not aware of, that we don't know that are bringing or could be potential dangerous, harmful things in our lives. And um, today I want to talk to you about twilight and traffic lights. Twilight and traffic lights. And our text for this series is found in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 32 through 36. And it says, and so my children, listen to me, For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me. And this is wisdom calling out. This is like wisdom is a person writing this right now. Joyful are those who listen to me. Wisdom for watching for me daily at my gates and waiting for me outside my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord, but those who miss me injure themselves. And today, this topic couldn't be more true of that last verse, but those who miss me injure themselves. Today, I want to speak to you on a topic that every single one of us, no matter what stage of life, deal with. It doesn't matter how old you get, you are going to deal with this area, and today we're going to be talking about compromise. Now, several years ago, um, several years ago, before we even had kids, uh, my wife had heard about a movie that was like really, really good. It was all the craze, and like everybody's like, you got to go see this movie, you got to go see this movie. And um, I'm going to just be a little transparent, be a little vulnerable this morning, and I, I'm going to make, I'm going to admit something. Um, I like a chick flick every once in a while. Um, I'm just, just going to be real honest. In fact, I may have teared up and cried a little bit at the notebook. Um, if you're not, you're a monster. Um, but <laughs> some of you like the notebook. Some, I knew there's something funny about that guy. Um, but um, I, I'm just letting you know, man, when the chief, I'm a spoiler alert, but when she realizes that's her husband and she's got, you know, not, not amnesia, she's got Alzheimer's and she really, and they hug, I'm like, oh, <laughs> wrecks me every time, man. Anyways, I can listen to the soundtrack and start, <laughs> um, here's the deal. So my wife's like, okay, you know, it's kind of a chick flick, but everybody says it's good and I'm like, okay, let, let's do this. And she goes, it's about vampires. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm down for vampires. I'm down for gore. I'm down for this. And so we walk in, and all of a sudden, this is what we go to, is Twilight. (laughs) Twilight. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Twilight, um, but the vampires uh, 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 shine, or they, like, have diamonds of skin when they get into the sunlight. And I'm like... Are you kidding me right now? 
People are like, what, what? when I came out, people are like, are, are, you, are you team Edward or are you team Jacob? And I'm like, I'm team, I don't care. I don't want, to, I regret the last two hours that I spent. I was waiting for Kirk Cameron to make a cameo because the movie was so bad. I just thought at some point, Kirk Cameron's going to come in. There's no way Hollywood really, it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And all you Twilight lovers are like, I hate this show. I'm just telling you, man, you may not like the truth, but the Bible says the truth shall set you free. <laughs> and here's the deal. We're walking out, and I'm like, duh, my eyes are burning. I hated that movie. And, and you would think when you make one bad movie, you would make an even worse movie, and then an even worse movie, and an even worse movie. But that's how Hollywood works. They made three more movies that I'm proud to say I did not go see. Um, but can I tell you, Hollywood isn't the only one that operates that way. A lot of times when it comes to life, making choices, that's how we operate. That's how we work. Can I tell you, the thing that will wreak most of the havoc in your life isn't the first bad choice that you make. It's the one that follows that bad choice that's even a worse choice. And it's the one that follows that bad choice that's even a worse choice. I've heard it said is don't let bad choices have babies. Man, minimize the impact, right? It's like golf. If you want to play golf with me, you're going to find out there's going to be some bad shots in my game. And the problem is I do a bad shot, and then I'm like, I'm behind trees, and I've got this like opening 100 yards away. I'm like, if I hook it just enough on purpose, which I can't hook a ball on purpose, <laughs> but if I hook it and I squeeze it between the trees, no, it just gets into worse trouble and worse trouble. Can I? That is life. And that is Man, the sneakiness of compromise when it comes to your life and when it comes to my life. And so this morning, I want to give us a warning, a truth, and a reality of life that is simply accurate when it comes to the area, when it comes to the topic of compromise. The warning is this, is just because you know doesn't mean you'll do. Just because you know doesn't mean you'll do says this in James chapter 4, verse 17. Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I, I don't have to stand up here and be a moral police for you. I, I don't have to like put on like our, our PowerPoint or our, our screens. Hey, here's, here is a list of things not to do because the reality is this. Probably 95% of us in this place I don't know what's happening with the other 5%, but I'm just going to say 95% of us know what we ought to do. Really. We know the right thing from the wrong thing. We, we have this inner dwelling of the Holy Spirit that is, he guides us in doing what is holy, what is righteous, and not what is sinful. We know the right thing to do, and James is saying this to the church. He's not saying this to society. He's saying this to the church. It's, it's, it's a sin, not just it's wrong. No, no, no. It's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. See, this isn't a now problem. This has been a forever problem within the church. We know what we ought to do, but we don't necessarily do it. We just compromise instead. 
well, this is, this is close to the right thing, right? This is, this is close to doing what I ought to do, but it's not what you ought to do. In fact, to illustrate this, um, and really, you guys are going to dictate what I preach on next week. Um, right now, your answer to this, whether I have to preach online or I get to really preach on what I'm supposed to preach on. So, so you have to answer that. I need everybody's volunteering and helping me and participating in this. When you are driving and you are going about five minutes, uh, five minutes, five uh, miles per hour over the speed limit, because that's what we do, be honest. If 45, it's 50. If it's 55, it's 60. If it's 65, it's 70. That's what we do. That's why, because you're going just fast enough that you're probably not going to get stopped, right? Um, some of you are like, that's how it works. Teenagers, you did not hear that just now. Um, but when you come to a traffic light, and if you are going 45, 50 miles an hour, and that traffic light turns yellow, honestly, what do you do? You you gun it. You guess it. You better believe it. You bet. Once again, teenagers, not for you. True for us, not for you. You gun that thing. You, what should you do? Slow down. Stop. See, see, here's the deal. Here, we know what we ought to do. But uh, I can make this. I, I'm, uh, I'm 200 yards out. But whoa, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gun it. And my, my kids, my daughters are always like, Dad, that was a red light. I'm like, it was orange. It was like yellow. Red, orange, it's orange. And we, we gun it. And why do we gun it? Because nothing probably bad has happened from us gunning it, right? We've gone through no harm, no foul, no wrecks, no tickets. But if you get a ticket, if you get in a wreck, I bet you next time you stop when you see it's yellow. And here's where, what, what happens. We are busy gunning it in life. We, we know what we ought to do, oh, but, but this won't hurt. And hear, hear what the Bible says, Proverbs 22, 3. It says, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. This was such a great Proverb. This is such a great verse that Solomon put it in there again in Proverbs 27, 12. It says, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. The wise don't gun it. They, they, they don't just, I'm going to do it. I bet you I don't get caught. I see that I probably shouldn't go this way, and I see that this is compromised, but nobody's watching Right? It's like the stop sign in the middle of the country, four-way stop, ain't nobody there. You just roll right through that thing. No, nobody's watching. Nobody sees. So I'm, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to gun it because I've gotten this far by compromising and gun it, and nothing's happened yet. But that's not what you're called to do, and that's not the wise way to live. Here's what God would say to you, and here's what he's saying through Scripture. No, no, no. The wise thing is this, is that you see the danger ahead, and you take action. You don't just know, I, I don't just know what I ought to do. I do it. I take action to avoid the compromise. Because here's what I will tell you, and here's the truth about compromise. A little complacency brings a lot of compromise. 
a little bit of complacency brings a lot of compromise. First Peter chapter five, verse eight out of the message says this, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. Most of us grew up in this scripture says this, for your enemy, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But I love this translation because it says, keep a cool head, stay Alert, don't get complacent because a little bit of complacency leads to a lot of compromise. And it reminds me of my daughter, this verse which says, man, keep a cool head, stay alert. Chloe plays soccer half the year and Chloe is the goalie for our soccer team. And Chloe's soccer team's really, really good. I'll just tell you, they have lost two games in four years. I mean, they are really good. And so what happens is like, I think her, one of her coaches, Craig, was in first service. I think Josh is here in second service. Her, her teammates are awesome. And they keep the ball on the whole other end of the field the whole time. Like, and, and so Chloe's, literally, if you come to a game, Chloe is doing this in the goal. Like, she's doing the nay-nay and the stinky leg, which I don't know how to do or I would try to attempt it. Um, but... She's like dancing and she's, she's zoned out. She doesn't know what's going on. She just knows that there's no trouble her way. So she's just having fun in the goal because what else do you do when there's no action coming your way? And so my job, my role is this. I take my chair to the, where she's playing goalie and I sit down and anytime the ball crosses midfield, I yell this because this is all I know about soccer. Like offsides makes no sense. If you can cherry pick and they're not smart enough to guard you, why not? But I sit there and I just say when the ball crosses midfield I yell Chloe ready ready and she goes exactly like this like she goes from the stanky leg or whatever you do and she goes uh, ready ready and she's like she's ready to go she's, re she's looking for the ball Where, where's it at why because she's zoned out because she doesn't think any bad, anything bad's coming her way can I tell you that's complacency when everything's going great we zone out don't we and we just, ah, it's all right. And the Bible's saying this, don't grow complacent. And this isn't even, this isn't even saying, saying don't grow complacent in engaging in evil. Hear me. This is, this is the big thing about, that we miss in Christianity. Today isn't so much about avoiding evil. It's saying don't get complacent in engaging in right and engaging in the good that God has called you and I to, about getting into his word about having faith that is accompanied with actions. That's what James talks about. Man, man, don't get complacent. And I can't go around your life every time you zone out and you're getting ready to compromise going, hey, ready, ready, Kirk, ready, ready. Hey, Randy, ready, 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 ready. Roy, ready, ready, get ready, stay alert. No, 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 no. It's something you have to do for yourself. 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1 is all about King Solomon. King Solomon wrote Proverbs, right? Wrote most of Proverbs. It says this in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. 
Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyways. Solomon, Solomon knew better. This, this isn't, this, we're doing a study on the book of Proverbs. The wisest man that ever lived, God himself appeared to Solomon two times, two separate times. He knew what he ought to do, but he got complacent in doing it. And a little bit of complacency, all of a sudden, as you're getting ready to see, <laughs> led to a lot of compromise. Check this. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. I don't think Solomon may have been the wisest man after all. It's <laughs> a lot of ladies. And this is the saddest line to me. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. And Solomon shows us this, that no one's exempt from the law of compromise. No, one, no one's exempt from it. And here, if you don't hear anything else, hear me on this. Compromising now brings consequences later. Every single time. Solomon compromised. He knew better. He knew what he ought to do. But he grew complacent. I can, that's true for you, but I can handle this. That, that's true for maybe, maybe you, but you don't understand my situation, and he grew complacent, and it led to a whole, just a little bit of compromise led to a whole, a little bit of complacency led to a whole lot of compromise, and all that compromise needs to thrive is just a little bit of complacency. Here's what Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. And whether you're driving or whether you're living, and it's just life, can I tell you, you never drift into safe places. You never drift into a parking space when you're driving on your cell phone, right? Oh, how did I get into the parking spot in the front row? No, no, no. You purposefully get there, but you drift when you get distracted into other lanes. You drift off the road when you get distracted messing with the radio or on your cell phone because we drift into dangerous places. And the same is true in life. Man, you, you don't drift to safe places. You drift into dangerous places that will lead you to regret and pain. And so here's what our text said. Man, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it. How, how do you avoid it? You have the courage to act on the wisdom you have gained. And a lot of us, our life is exempt of wisdom. And if it's got wisdom, <laughs> it's exempt from courage. You may know the right thing to do, but it takes courage to do it. To say, man, if you're going that way, I'm not going that way. Man, if you're engaging in that, man, that's not the wise thing for me. It's not going along with culture. It's going along with what God has called you to live and to go along with. Don't allow complacency to turn into compromise. Because, hear me, <laughs> compromising now always has a price to it later. The reality of life is this, is that little things lead to big things. Little things lead 
to big things. Do you know how to get and go down the wrong road? One step at a time. That's it. How did I get here? You took one compromise, and just like the Twilight movie, you made another bad choice, and you made another bad choice, and they're still glowing in the dark, and now there's werewolves, and it's, it's just getting worse and worse. You get on the wrong road one step at a time. Luke 16, verse 10 through 12 says this, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones, but if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true, true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Here's what I would ask is this, how do you act in the dark? How do you act when nobody's watching? When nobody's seeing? How, 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 how do you conduct, are, are you faithful in the little things? Are you faithful when your wife leaves the house and you're by yourself? Are you faithful with the text messages and the emails and the websites you go to? On the, can, can I tell you, more people's lives are going to be compromised right here than anything else you're dealing with. From text messages that you shouldn't be texting, from websites you couldn't, shouldn't be going to, can I am bound and determined that this right, this small thing here is not going to destroy my life, my marriage, my relationship with my kids, and my ministry. It's not, it's a phone. <laughs> but some of us, this little thing is wreaking havoc in a big time way. In fact, there's some of us, we won't let our spouse have the security code to our phone. Hey, hold on. Our relationship series is coming up in two weeks. We're going to fix that. I'm going to Dr. Phil you right up here. How's that working for you, big boy? Because I will tell you, I, I said this Tuesday night, I'm saying, what you hide, you protect. What you keep secret, you're protecting. And so the question is, what are you doing in the dark? How are you, are you being faithful in the small things because big regrets and big pain is birthed from small indiscretions? Man, big regret, big pain, it's birthed from small, it started out small and it always leads to big. We got a new dog, right? We got Vader, Lord Vader, and he is a giant schnauzer. It's gonna be about 100 pounds, um, a little over 100 pounds, about this tall, and I love him. Like, I love this dog, but I got to tell you, he's out of control right now because he's a puppy. And so do you know what? I got to get him in control because if he's out of control at this size, it's going to be unmanageable because what starts out small turns up big. And it's true in your life. What started off as a text message ends up in an affair. What started off going to a website ends up into an addiction. What started from taking a little off the top turns into embezzling. What starts off with saying one little lie turns into a lifestyle of lie. It, it always starts small. So, so how do, how do, how do, how do we stop complacency and compromise? What, what leads to complacency? Because if we can identify what leads to it, then we can eliminate it. The first thing is this, is that we refuse to listen. 
We refuse to listen. Proverbs 12, 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 13, um, 15, 31 through 32 says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Do you listen? Do you listen to others? Or when people are giving you constructive criticism, are you just busy coming up with your defense? If you're busy coming up with your excuse, I got to tell you, you're not actively listening. You're not actively gaining knowledge and wisdom. It is impossible to become wise without listening. And the Bible says this, is that if we, if we reject the discipline, you only harm yourself. Man, are you listening because our refusal to have our refusal to listen means we've got all the answers and we know better than you know are you listening first way you eliminate compromise is you listen to those who are for you the second thing is this is that we keep open what we should shut down we keep open what we should shut down i, I could say this another way we justify what we should condemn when we look in the Bible, you look at the, the life of Lot, and Lot, man, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Maybe some of you remember his wife turned into a pillar of salt, kind of a cool story, um, unless you're Lot, you know, it's unfortunate for him, but kind of cool with me. I'm like, man, she turned into a pillar of salt, like, hey. Um, it's a little bland over here. I need some salt on my tacos. I'm not sure that's how it worked, but um, Lot, Lot got rich in Sodom. He did. Lot got a lot of stuff, and he became the stuff in Sodom. And it said this, that when Lot was supposed to leave Sodom, the angel actually had to take him by the hand and guide him out because he fell in love with what he should have been running from. And can I tell you, we can criticize Lot, but we become a lot like him. We fall in love with what we should run from. There's a lot of us, we're keeping open what we should shut down. You should shut down that text message, that relationship. I, it's just, it's, I may not want my wife to find out, but we haven't done anything wrong. You need to shut it down because, hear me, as long as it's an option, it will always be a temptation. Man, that was really good. That may be my favorite line of this whole message, and you guys just did this. <laughs> I'm gonna go get that Joe Cola right now. What you keep as an option, will always be a temptation in your life, no matter what area of life it's in. And the only person that can shut it down is you. You drift to, you drift to, to of, of, of just settling, you drift to complacency, you drift to all these dangerous places, but can I tell you, you discipline yourself to wisdom. You don't get, you discipline yourself there. The Bible says this in Proverbs 28, 13 through 14, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong, but the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. Don't keep it open. Don't keep it as an option. 
shut it down. Can I tell you, I, I'll just be real honest here. The other day, this wasn't even in first service. The other day, Casey and I went on a trip. I've got a filter on my phone. It's called Net Nanny. It's a pain in the butt. But you know what? It doesn't let anything get to my phone that shouldn't. And we were going to some places that I needed to have Google, and Google goes around Net Nanny. And the other day, I realized, man, I've still got Google on my phone. Was I doing anything wrong? No. But as somebody who used to have problem with pornography back when he was in college and high school, I know that if I keep it open, it's going to be a temptation. Was I doing anything wrong? No, but I wasn't going to take that first step down the wrong road. And nobody else had, Casey didn't, you've got to close that. No, 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 I took it off my phone. I closed it off. Because I want to make sure that I'm not keeping something that's an option as a temptation. Because the Bible says this, no temptation has seized you except what is common. Except what's common to man. So what do you need to shut down that you've allowed to remain open? The third thing is this, is we excuse it as a stage instead of admitting it's a choice. We excuse it as a stage instead of admitting it's a choice. Parents, this is a big one for us. We want to excuse our kids' lives. and just, ah, They're just going through a stage. No, 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 no. They're making a choice. They're, they're making a choice to engage in that. They're making a choice to go down that path. And your job as a parent, man, is to guide them, not to beat them down, okay? That may happen. We talked pow- powwow last week, but that may happen, everyone. But, but not to beat them, but to guide them in the way they should go. You can't just give them a hall pass. Some of us, we're giving ourselves hall passes when really the reality is we need to step up into responsibility instead of excusing our actions. Man, just, uh, you know, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. That doesn't excuse the choice you are making. It's not a season, it's a choice. And if you keep saying it's a choice, if you keep saying all these things, you're going to keep compromising and compromising and compromising until you come to a place where your life is full of regret and pain. And the only person that did it was you because you saw danger ahead, but you didn't take action to avoid it. You just kept gunning it. You just, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see if I get caught. But that's not the wise way to live. Through this series, I've been giving us homework. Our first, pit, our first bit of homework was to read the book of Proverbs in the month of January. If you haven't started, you still got time. There's 31 chapters, and they're short, and they're awesome. Second one was find your word. Last week we talked about emotions, not allowing emotions to run our life, but for us to lead through our emotions, to go through our emotions, not to let our emotions dictate us, but we dictate our emotions. And I gave you, find your word that takes captive every thought and brings it under the authority of Jesus Christ so that that emotion isn't reigning terror and wreaking havoc in your life, but man, you are making it obedient to the will and purpose of Jesus Christ in your life. My word is overwhelmed. I want God to overwhelm my emotions. I want God to overwhelm me. I want him to overwhelm this church with his presence. I want him to overwhelm what we're doing in Kenya. I want him to overwhelm attendance in this place that we don't have room enough. It is overwhelming. It is chaotic, but it is all God. Man, that's my word. If you need to steal it, steal it. I don't mind. I did not come up with overwhelm, but man, I'm going to live overwhelmed. That's my word. This week, 
Here's your homework. Can I close with this? It's probably my favorite text that Paul writes, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. My homework for you is for you to memorize this scripture. Because the Bible says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You can't hide something that you don't possess. And some of us, we need to get the word of God inside of me. And so I'm a, man, get an index card, write it down. Read it in the morning, read it in the afternoon, read it every time you eat, um, when you have a snack, when you're eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, your other snack, your midnight snack, whatever it may be. But man, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, be very careful. If we could just live out that first phrase. Can you put it back up there? Be very careful then how you live. Man, be very careful that you are checking your blind spots. Not as the unwise, not just gunning it, not just going through life, not excusing it as a phase, not keeping things open, not listening to anybody, not as the unwise, but as the wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, that I would live each day with purpose. And therefore, don't be foolish. Man, don't fool yourself. Stop excusing it as a stage. That's what we do. <laughs> don't, don't fool yourself. Therefore, don't be foolish don't just see the way to go. Don't just see danger ahead and keep gunning it, but take action to avoid it. That's the wise thing. And understand, own up. Own up to what the Lord's will is for you. Not just what I ought to know, what I ought to do, but I actually do it. If we can live this verse out, if we can hide this word in our heart, that it can guide us and it can direct us, I'm, I'm telling you, as your pastor, it will absolutely transform your life and lead you from complacency and compromise to wisdom and understanding. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, and God, I pray right now, this morning, that your word would get deep into our heart, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of it. And Lord, there's some of us in this place that we are keeping the options open. We're, we're keeping things, nobody else knows about it, but, but we're keeping an option open that we know we shouldn't, we ought not, but Lord, we don't have the discipline to shut it down. And so God, your word says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask for it, and God gives it freely. God, I pray, give us wisdom to be able to see what's ahead. That if we keep going down this path, if we keep compromising in this area, give us wisdom to see what it leads to. God, I pray, don't let it stop there. 
give us the courage to take action. God, give us the discipline not to drift, not to drift away from the truth you're speaking this morning. God, I, I pray that Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, be care, very careful then how you, God, that we would be careful how we live, not as the wise, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because, man, the days are evil. The days are full of compromise and understanding, owning up to what the will of God is for us in Christ Jesus. And to live the life you're calling us to, it doesn't just happen. But we discipline ourselves there. We listen our way there. We choose our way there. We don't excuse our way there. We don't compromise our way there. So, Lord, I pray that <laughs> the warning would not be true for us any longer that we would not know what we ought to do, but not do it, but that we would own up to your will, to your purpose, and we'd live it out with a life of no regrets and no compromise. Help us with this blind spot this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, you know what? I, I've, I've drifted. Man, man, I've just drifted. And I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My, 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 I've never made that decision. Can I tell you that's the biggest decision you'll ever make? But if you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I've made that decision, but I've just drifted away. Man, my relationship with him isn't personal. I don't know him. And I've just drifted and I need to come back home, man. I need to recommit my life to him. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one. There's two. There's three. There's four. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. There's five. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands that are lifted. You say, Justin, that's me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see you. There's six hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Man, I just want to join this because I've just drifted. Man, I don't even know when it happened, but I just drifted somewhere along the way. Is there anyone else before we go any further? Man, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, that I've drifted, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. God, I'm tired of excusing my life and I want to take hold of the life you have for me. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.